Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with a new guest, a new voice on the Cult of Hockey, Jim Barber. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, dude. Um, so a few, probably about a month and a half ago, Jim contacted me, and, and he had a very interesting story. Uh, about how um, he's become a student of goal scoring. And uh, he's had a long career uh, playing hockey, coaching hockey um, at a minor level. And um, he just, uh, it was, he had some thoughts on some of the Oilers players. As we know, a number of the Oilers players, um, especially their bottom end forwards, have had trouble scoring this year. That's changed a little bit since um, Jim first contacted me. Some of them are starting to score a little bit more. But a player like Yesapulia Yarvi remains in a major slump uh, right now. He's he's not able to convert on his chances. Um, he uh, Warren Fogel's had trouble scoring. Karayamo Yamamoto has had trouble scoring. So there's just a lot of players who seem to have talent. They seem to have offensive talent but they don't seem to have the ability to put the puck in the net. You just never get the sense when the puck is on their stick that they're going to create a goal with their shot. It might go in because the net's wide open, or maybe they'll get lucky on a shot. As any beer league player knows, when you shoot enough pucks in the net, you're going to, a few of them are going to be really good shots, like 1 in 20 or something like that, and it's going to find their way in. But um, you just don't get that confidence they're going to score. So anyway, Jim, let's start out. Let's, what's your brief background in terms of uh, playing hockey and, and coaching hockey? Uh, for playing, I played about uh, nine or ten years in minor league, like a, uh, like a lot of guys. Uh, in northern Ontario where I played, I played through until juvenile, which uh, they still had here in Alberta when I first came out here in the late 80s. But I'd call it the equivalent of junior B, somewhere in the same ballpark. Uh, decent level of hockey. And, yeah. Uh, I was always a good skater, had a decent red shot, and uh, never scored. Uh, used to have a coach that would say to me, Barbara, you couldn't put the puck in the ocean. And, uh, and he was about right, yeah. Uh, and I, for me growing up, and I think probably for a lot of guys my age, and probably since then as well, uh, scoring was kind of a magical thing. Some guys got it, some guys don't. And uh, Just wait a second, I just want to stop you there for a second, because... It, well, I'm 60 now. How old are you? Uh, 61, yeah. Okay. Um, so when, when I was growing up, everything about hockey talent seemed magical on a certain level, like the skating yeah. part of it. Like now it's a science. You go on I Train Hockey, for instance, just one fantastic site, utterly fantastic site, and there's others. And every city has strong skill coaches. Now there's these incredible coaches who break down every skill. But when we were, when I was growing up, it just seemed like, you know, the great players grew out of the ice on Perry Sound or yeah. out of, out of the rink, out of the small rink in, in Truro, Quebec, you know, they just magically appeared and were great and nobody knew how, you know, I guess Wayne Gretzky was the first to kind of change that thinking a little bit because his father so deliberately cr- crafted and molded him as a player. But that's the way it was back then. It was all, it all seemed by magic. Yeah, and it still seems to be there's an element of it today. 
because we hear guys like uh, I listen to Stoffer fairly often, and you'll hear him talking about this guy's got it and that guy doesn't. And uh, but uh, it's I think there's a lot more skill based than people realize, and uh, a lot more of it is changeable. That you can evolve these skills, you can get better at skills that make a big difference. Anyways, like you said, we were talking direction of going how I started to evolve. Yeah. Uh, I was playing in a beer league. I'm 22. I'd had a few years off after after juvenile. My brother's playing on a team. He said, you know, we could use some help. I go out and skate with him. And uh, we got two great goal scorers. Both guys are capable, two, three, four a night. Uh, and even with these two guys, we're, we're a borderline team. It's 36 game season, maybe we win 15. And uh, then towards the end of the year, one of the guys throws a, a body check and gets kicked out of the league. It's a no contact league. Uh, wasn't a real vicious body check. Sounds like beer league. They, uh, he was, uh, he had an edge to him and, uh, he was, a lot of the guys in the league were afraid of him. And so they just chucked him up. Yeah. The other guy was, uh, he was, I had grown up with this guy, a guy named Randy Demers and he, uh, tremendous talent, but he was, uh, more than an edge. He was a little bit closer to crazy. Uh His, uh, I guess he would go home at the end of a, Hockey game, you'll get home 10, 11, 11, 30, 12 at night, start throwing chairs around the house and stuff. And his wife finally came to him and said, listen, you got to choose. either It's either hockey or me because you're going to keep playing hockey. I'm leaving. <sighs> he was serious, and he quit hockey. Wow. So we went from being a mediocre team with two goal scorers to no goal scorers. And so it dawned on me to figure out how to score because I was the best skater. Okay. So I start watching Gretzky and Curry. They were right in the front right then. That would have been 83, 84. Yeah. I realized that there's, uh, I, I want to figure out why, how these guys are scoring. Uh, start to Could you just wait a second, Jim? Your uh, voice is uh, clipping out a little bit. Just maybe pull okay. it a little closer or into the mic, just a little closer to the mic. Yeah. I don't know why that's happening, but it is happening a little bit. So let's see if we can fix that. A little bit of something in the background too. Yeah, maybe. Okay, go ahead. So you're watching Gretzky and Curry. And like you know, the classic Curry goal, you can sort of, if you've seen highlights, you see them. That uh, uh, Gretzky on his off wing, he passes it across to Curry somewhere, maybe around the face-off dot on his off wing, one timer in the back. Of the net. And it starts to dawn on me when they make these plays, they're uh, they're making the goalie move. They're making the goalie move sideways. Once the goalie's moving sideways, he's just not stable. He just they often slide across the across the bottom of the net. And uh Curry shooting in the top half near the near the crossbar corner, you know, like right on the edge. And they're scoring on maybe fifty percent of these. And the part that I took from this is that if you can make the goalie move sideways, it gives you a big edge. They're slower, they don't have good lateral mobility. And uh I didn't have a curry to play with, but it dawned on me that I could do this myself. That just uh, I could learn to drive the puck on an angle across the net and make the goalie move sideways. And uh, you know, men's hockey, you don't have any practices, you don't work on plays or anything like that. But uh, that season in 36 games, I had never had a hat trick before, but I had 13 hat tricks that season. So what did you start to do in the games? Like what what was what was your technique? 
uh, again, like, you know, so say, uh, say I'm driving down the ice and I'm one-on-one and yeah. uh, there's a defenseman between me and the net. Well, I would start aiming for the right post as I cross the blue line. And then I would drive on a 45 degree angle, maybe towards the outside face-off circle. And I'd make yeah. the goal sideways. And I found if I could make the goalie move sideways, things opened up. I'd get spots open up where I could shoot the puck. Okay, so let's say you're coming down the left side, left yeah. side as you cross the blue line. You're at the left face-off dot. Then you then you start to head right for the right post, right across the, the front of the net. Yeah. And it's when you get across, then you take your shot. Yeah, at some place along the way. And, and I'd probably start a little higher, start at the blue line and start angling, say, towards the face off, right face-off dot. So you're coming in on the left side and then, oh, oh, so at the blue line, you start heading to the right face-off dot. Okay. So I, I want to start him on one side and I want him to move to the other side. And uh, when when the goalie moves sideways, things would open up and it would happen really, really often. Uh, and there'd be a spot to shoot. And uh, I realized that this was a huge vulnerability for goalies. Uh, and so I started to learn to take advantage of that. And guys started to realize, too, that I was going to shoot and that I was going to put the goalie in awkward positions. And even if my shot didn't go in, there was lots of great rebounds for guys around me that my wingers would go to the net because they knew there was going to be a good rebound. And you'd have the goalie where he's had to move sideways quickly and uh, he's left a rebound and there's lots of open net to shoot at. And so I scored a lot of goals, but my wingers scored a lot of goals as well. So as you're moving diagonally across the ice where you puck protect, you're obviously puck protecting. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it, it was a non-contact league. Um, yes. Yeah. They're not laying you down. Yeah. I was pretty, I was always a good skater. I was pretty deceptive. And I never, even in full contact, I never got hit hard very often. Uh, that it's really, yeah. Yeah, the, so that's just sort of a one-on-one uh, scenario. But what I started to realize that was that every time I got on the ice, I was trying to drive the puck diagonally. If I could get behind the defenseman, fantastic. But if I couldn't, I'd move sideways in front of him. Uh, I'd move, say, from left to right. And then if my winger crossed behind me, I could drop a pass to him. And we've got the goalie moving the wrong direction. And even if he's only moving as much as like a stride, one one step, uh, the shooter has an amazing advantage. You've got him moving the wrong direction. He's And, yeah. So do you think, okay, so this is... How many goals did you score the year before you started to study this and think about this? How uh, many would you have gotten the previous year? Maybe 12. 12, and you, so you probably, what, how many the year next year? I was over, you, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't so interested in the goal total. I know I was over 50. Okay. I wasn't counting. The hat tricks kind of amazed me. It was because I had never done it before, and I went from zero in my career to 13 in one season. What did you think about this sudden success? I thought it was amazing, and I really was starting to think that I'm, I've, caught, I've got on to something. There's something important. I did a few other things, too. Uh, Gretzky worked the behind-the-net thing. Yeah. And that was something I was able to duplicate. And, uh, you that, mean passing that, it out front from behind the net? No, just wraparounds. Where just I the wraparounds. Get behind the goalie. Yeah. And, you know, this is another thing uh, that fascinated me, too, that I had never really thought of until, you know, I'm, I'm trying to mimic Gretzky. Yeah. And I get behind the goalie, I start to realize that uh, the goalie at best is kind of looking over his shoulder at you. 
Yeah. And uh, you could get behind him where you were truly invisible to him. And if you yeah. watch his head, when he started to shift his head, you could shift the other way and you could stay yeah. out of his sight line. And yeah. some five or six seconds. So the wraparounds were always possible. But like you say, then you could also feed to guys in front, you know. Yeah. Um, but I got a surprising number of, uh, of back uh, <clears throat> wraparound goals. I don't know, surprisingly, maybe six or eight over the year, you know. Yeah. You, when you'd only scored 15 the year before or 12 or 15, an extra six goals is a huge difference. Eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that. Uh, anything else that you anything else that comes to mind that you did? Well, you know, uh, for me, that was the first stage of what I learned about goal scoring. Uh, yeah. And at the end of that season, I was playing base playing. We called it fastball underhand whip. Yeah. And I was trying to turn to double play and the guy slid into me hard and snapped off my right leg and uh, broke both the bones. It was pretty, pretty ear break. The leg came back pretty good, but uh, I blew my knee out after I got the cast off and my right knee has never been quite right since. Yeah. And uh, I missed, like I broke my leg June 2nd and they didn't cast off till December. And uh, so I missed that whole season. I think I tried to come back the year after that, and I was just having a really hard game. It took a while to get enough strength and stability back to where I was effective. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, uh, I lost a little bit of the pack before. I lost my ability to, to really skate. Yeah. But uh, so I'm around 25 at that point, and uh, took a couple of years off. I got a, a job in a, in a rink, in a small rink, 45 feet away from where I grew up. And, uh, I was a Zamboni guy. <laughs> uh, but I also got keys to the rink with us. So uh, I could go in into the rink when I wanted. And like with a lot of arenas, uh, they're really busy from four in the evening on. But uh, <clears throat> during the days, there's a lot of open ice and nobody goes out there. I'm just gonna ask you to lean into the mic again because that does make a difference if you're close. It, it's yeah. Don't worry about getting your face too close. That's fine. Just be close okay. to the mic. Yeah, that's the key. So uh, I get a key to the rink, and uh, the guy that hired me knew I was a hockey player. Yeah. He wanted me, he wanted me to play for his team. Yeah. And they said, Ralph, you know, I said I haven't been on the ice for a few years. Uh, you're okay with me going in the rink? And he said, Yeah, yeah, sure. And especially, I'd go in lunch hours and I'd just shoot for about half an hour. And this one kind of fascinated me even more. Because I wasn't an elite skater anymore. Uh, but I start going into the ring. And in half an hour a day, I would basically, I'm by myself. Uh, there's just an empty cage to shoot at. And so the target I picked was goalposts. And uh, I started shooting at the goalposts. And I would call it a win for myself if I rang it off the goalpost. And that's okay. what, I, what I was shooting for. And the thing that surprised me was, was within a month, I could hit either goalpost more than half the time. I could ring it off the post more than half the time. Yeah. And it it sounds like I'm a boastful or unrealistic or something, but uh, that was the case. And what I found was they're playing in the men's league down there, and as I got to where my shooting got really accurate, and the other thing I worked on was at the same time with quick release. 
I had dumped pucks and I had to shoot them where they were sitting, just instant release and off the post. Yeah. And I found as I got good at doing that, I could score at will. Again, I wasn't beating guys wide by myself anymore. Yeah. Connor McDavid compared to my neighbor. I was an average skater, but uh, I'd come in again, come in the blue line and one on two. I would start moving to my right one or two steps and I'd fire it off the inside of the back post and then be in. <laughs> the, my release time, to me, I became more and more, uh, became more and more aware that release time and accuracy are way more important than how hard the shot is. That if yeah. you can get your shot off in two tenths of a second, bring it off the inside of the goal post, you're going to score a lot of goals. It, it comes down to just a really, really simple strategy. This isn't, you know, you look at uh, today, if we look at uh, some guys I think of as senior goal players, you look at Stamkos, you look at Ovechkin, these guys are one-timers from their off wing, is how they get a lot of their goals. Yeah. And with those guys, you can sign to see it, the big slap shot, they really rip it. But, like, if you look at Leon, uh, he also is shooting from his off wing like that. But yeah. He almost never takes a slap shot. No. He, uh, I don't know if I've seen him score two goals the last two years on slap shots. It's almost always a wrist shot, but his release time is phenomenal. He gets rid of it in, you know, say, that two-tenths of a second. It's, it's kind of a hybrid shot. I call it the executioner shot because he lashes his stick towards the net. Like yeah. he kind of, it's kind of a snap slap not really like he doesn't wind up at all it's kind of a snap shot i guess yeah yeah you'd be closer to the old <clears throat> fleur both had that kind of a shot where they also had the slap shot that they rang off the inside of the the top corner post you know yeah but also both had phenomenal snap shots eh, that that they could just release really really quickly can you see <clears throat> a player like pulley then what are you thinking well to me he's he's the guy that really stands out because like uh, he's gotten better the last few weeks, but uh, a month ago it was taking him two seconds to get a shot off. Like his release time was probably the worst in the league. And like, you know, he's getting the puck and he's stopping to look and trying to figure out where he should shoot it. And you just don't have time in any league, but particularly against the best goalies in the, in the, in the world, you know, that if you're not getting rid of the puck instantly, you've reduced your chances by 99%. And so, you know, you see Connor, uh, even against Calgary, last game they're right at, was it the 26th or 27th? And Connor feeds him the puck 15 feet from the net. And it took him like a second to get it off, you know? If he yeah. would have banged it at the net along the ice, he probably would have scored. Instead, he takes a second to look and he shoots it 18 inches from the post, 18 inches from the crossbar. Goalie comes across and makes a fantastic save, but it took him too long to get it off, and the location was bad. If he shoots it in half a second near the goalpost, that's a goal. Like, so you just see this as a matter of him getting out there with a bucket of pucks, focusing on hitting the, ringing it off the post, and shoot, getting off quick shots. Absolutely, yeah. If he cuts his uh, release time down to, you know, this is down to 0.3 of a second, let's say, to just pick an arbitrary number. Yeah. He doesn't have to be the fastest release in the league. He's just got to be a lot better than he is. He's got to start getting rid of that puck really, really quickly. And, you know, you, you hear guys talk about it all the time. You hear Louie on the on the broadcast and say, oh, that was a good quick release. 
but it doesn't seem to relate to guys going, I've got to get in and shoot 200 pucks a night until I can release it in a quarter of a second. You know, I can release it and I can hit spots. And uh, I think that a whole lot of hockey players can improve their scoring. And it, it amazed me how much it was. Like, uh, that, I don't know, the difference between a 0.4 second release and a 0.2 second release, you probably triple the number of, number of goals you score. What about when you're carrying the puck in? So you've, we've already talked about carrying the puck in over the blue line, and you're saying like angle across the ice and then fire. Um, so with McDavid, he's often carrying the puck in, right? He's not getting the pass and shooting. He's carrying it in, but he's finding a way to fool the goalies more and more. Yeah. He's finding, he's shooting, seems to be shooting it at an unexpected moment um, within, the, within the rush. It w- would be the way I would describe it. How would you, what do you see? Uh, again, you know, he, he's, he's doing better. Uh, I look at him and I see the most improved shot in the team. If you look at him, like from the last year to this year, his shot has improved dramatically. He's worked on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you look at, if, I don't know if you remember the first, well, I'm sure you'll remember the first year, but uh, he used to try to stick handle it into the net. Eh? Yeah. Uh, and if he, if he couldn't get to the goal crease with it, he wasn't shooting. You know? Yeah. And, and now like that uh, goal you're talking to Bruce about where he did the kind of gentle curl and then rang it off the inside of the iron. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's a goal scorer's goal. Like, you know, and his, his practice shooting is improving, uh, is making a difference. <clears throat> but, uh, the the spot that I see that I think that he could do better, and you know how can you say that about the best in the world? But what the heck, I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, when he gets in on a breakaway, and you'll see him going down one on one with a goalie. Normally, he's stick handling three feet wide. He's stick handling a little wider than his shoulders, and he'll make six moves from the hash marks in, and he beats a goalie sometimes. <clears throat> but with, you know, everyone talks about his speed. Uh, but you don't hear nearly as much con- and his edge work, but you don't hear as much conversation about his lateral movement. And this guy moves laterally. That's his skill that impresses me the most. And if he was skating down towards the right post, say, uh, and in the last 15 feet, he did a, an explosive move, side, move sideways where he drives from the right post towards the left post. Uh, there's no defenseman in the league that can keep, keep up with him. There's certainly no goalie in the league that can keep up, keep up with him. I would like to see him make a wider move. Like you'll see him go 40 foot wide on a defenseman to, to get around him. And on the goalie, he, he works with like a three foot zone, you know? And if he can, if he ever decides to break that wider, he's going to make goalies look really bad. Like uh, that he's going to, if so, he's coming down towards the right post. He explodes towards the left. Well, the goalie's got to dive. He's got to give everything he got. Yeah. The ability to change directions in a snap, make him move left, make him move towards your left, and then change directions. And you're going to see the goalie sliding out in the corner and him putting the puck in the empty net. Eh? So what you're talking about is is a, is a powerful lateral move in front of the crease, yeah. in front of the net. Yeah, even I'd say probably hash marks and out for the first move. Yeah. Uh, and move sideways, not three feet, 15 feet. I see. You, you see it, you see him do it to defensemen all the time, but for some reason he doesn't take it to the net that way. And uh, when he starts to do that, I think he's going to f- add another, another <clears throat> element to his scoring, you know? Uh, he, he did mention that um, he was watching a lot of videotape about how goals are scored 
So oh, it yeah. looks like he was putting a lot of mental energy into just the weird way goals are scored, like the like the interesting way goals are scored, not you know not like the Ovechkin slap shot, you know, uh, or the Stamkos slap shot, but just how are all these other goals being going in the net? And yeah. he's putting his mind on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy's amazing. I wouldn't care if he never changed a thing. I'd watch him every game, anyways. You know. Yeah. But, but you sort of wonder. Like, he's still getting better, and uh, I think he's going to add a few more tricks to his bag, you know? What about um, some of these outside shooters like Evan Bouchard or Tyson Berry? Any thoughts on the what they're doing and what yeah. they might do better? Yeah, Evan Bouchard uh, frustrates me and uh, because when he first came up, uh, regularly he was taking these half-play <clears throat> snapshots and throwing them on the net quick, and sometimes he'd beat the goalie with a snapshot, but if not he put the goalie in an uncomfortable position and he got a lot of big rebounds that guys scored on. And now if you watch, like if you went back and looked at footage a year and a half ago, compared it to now, now the puck gets on a stick and sometimes it's there for two seconds, three seconds, four seconds. He's got, I think it's because he's gotten more comfortable in the league and he's more comfortable taking his time. But to me, it's, it's hurt his scoring and hurting the team scoring when he's got the puck. Uh, I'd say that 80% of the time, that quick release accurate shot is the most deadly thing you could do. That's your, your best tool is get rid of it quick, put it in tough spots and you don't have to think, uh, you don't have to look for an open spot for the goalie. You've just got to get it away quick. Let the rebound do the trick. You know, that, when you, when you bring that up I, and I think of Barry, I do think of, he doesn't, when he shoots, it does tend to be that quick shot. He gets it and he will, he won't shoot. If he's going to shoot, it's going to be that. If yeah. he has to handle it, he's not going to shoot. Yeah, right, yeah. And uh, Maybe this is why Bouchard's getting blocked more. Oh, absolutely, yeah. When he was getting rid of him quicker, he was getting more through to the net. And when he first came up, I'm thinking, man, this kid understands how to score. And uh, he's gradually moved away from what was working. You know, the uh, It's unfortunate and... Yeah, it'd be nice to see him start to go back and look at what he was doing when he first got to the league and see what was working and go back to it. To me, that's he ought, uh, there's, there's a lot of upside in him going back to what he was doing before. Yeah. Any other thoughts on different players? Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> Kyler Yamamoto in, interests me as well. And that here's a guy, I think, I can't remember if it was this summer or last summer. I think it was last summer. As he said he spent the whole summer working on his shot. And, you know, I'm just curious what he worked on because uh, I haven't seen evidence of a, a goal scorer like, uh, I don't know. I, I think back to an, an interview that fascinated me was Brett Hall did an interview, and I think it was in the 89-90 season. It was around there anyways, and it was spring of that year. And he had gone from 41 goals the year before to he finished that year with 72, I think it was, his first really big goal-scoring year. And 41 is phenomenal. But 72 is elite. That's all time, you know. And uh, they asked him what he did differently. Why was he scoring so many goals? And he said, well, he uh, had some money, so he rented some ice, and he hired a kid to pass some pucks, and he spent the whole summer working on one-timers. He said he was out four or five times a week taking one-timers. And... I, I just, the thing that surprised me about that interview was not that it worked, not that Hull did this. I'm kind of going, why is every NHL player not doing this? Why, 
why do they not understand how important it is to have a quick release and hit your spots? Because if you can do that, like, you know, uh, you look at a guy like, uh, like Ryan and, um, he's 35 this year, just turned 36. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's around there. And I don't know, are, are the Oilers, Oilers going to hire him back next year? Is he going to get another contract from the Oilers? I don't know. I don't know either. And, you know, he does a lot of things that the coaches like, uh, a lot of peripherals that help the organization. But if he scored 20 goals, there'd be no debate. Like, Oh, yeah. And his shot, his shot is weak, uh, both in terms of velocity, which to me is less of an issue. But the important, the important thing is, can he get rid of it quicker and can he hit better spots with it? And, you know, when I was taking uh, 500 shots a week, I got to where if I got inside the blue line, I knew I could score. It wasn't even a debate. I knew I, or I could put the puck in a spot where I would really make it difficult on the goalie. I leaned to the right and shot to the left off the inside of the post. I'd score on a bunch of them, but if not, if he made a save, it would be a miracle save. He'd be diving, he'd be throwing his feet out. And the rebound is phenomenal. The rebound at that point is something you can really do something with, you know? It is interesting what you're saying about um, the practice of the players because, you know, let's say Pugliarvi did get a quicker release. Let's say he, he spent a summer, he went out there every day, f- five or six days a week, and he shot, you know, for an hour, half an hour to an hour each of those days, and, and he got this ability. I mean, this could be like a $20 million, $10 million, $20, 30000000 million difference in his career. If he, if he's The difference between him being a 10-goal scorer a year and a 25-goal scorer a year is, 10, is like $20, 30000000 million. Yeah. And if he just did that, and so you wonder, and again, we don't know. We don't have our eyes on these guys, and you're wondering about Yamamoto. Okay, what did you do? And how how did you do it? So maybe maybe like so one explanation is it's harder than we're thinking it is. Maybe they're doing that, but it's just harder at that level to execute than we think it is. Or they're not doing it. They're not doing it right. You know, I think uh, again to me a lot of goal scoring to most guys it's kind of magical. They don't quite know where the goals are, and so you know uh, I see a lot of guys working on. I want to take my slap shot from you know, uh, 90K to 100K. That's going to be... Yeah. And uh, to me, it's irrelevant. 85K is lots to score goals with, but you've got to hit spots and you've got to get rid of it quick. Like it's... To me, the focus and the emphasis is in the wrong place. And uh, <clears throat> I would like to see... You know, I've never heard this... Any stats on this. I would like to see stats on release time, uh, on guys getting the puck on their stick and how quick they get rid of it. Like I'm giving you numbers, 0.3 of a second, point two. Yeah, seven. they're purely guesses. Like you're I just guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you just know Leon gets rid of it way, way faster than Jesse does. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's a huge difference. And so I would be wondering, Leon's scoring a bunch of goals. Why don't I try doing what he's doing and get rid of it quicker and make and be more accurate? Did you see the um, video? That they, about a week ago, it came out of dry sidle after practice with Pulley Arvey. Dry sidle passing him puck after puck, and yes, is shooting the puck. So maybe, maybe he's trying to. Maybe Leon's realized what you've realized, and just he's trying to help this kid yeah. get out of this slump. And he knows what it takes 
Yeah. So he's trying to, to articulate that and pass on. I didn't see the video, but you're bang on. If that's what he's doing, then that will make a difference. And it doesn't have to be slap shots. It's just got to be wrist shots, and he's got to get rid of them quick. Now, I think I have this idea whether, again, I'm guessing, I don't know, I've never met the guy, but uh, Jesse was a golden child. He came up, and he had it. He knew how to score. He was the guy. Yeah. He'd come down the wing, and he'd rip a slap shot, and it was in the net. Well, except that that strategy doesn't work in the NHL. You just don't see many goals anymore that, you know, like Guy Lafleur or Mike Bossy used to score. No. Uh, so you've got to do something different, and Jeffy hasn't made that adjustment, and I, I think he just doesn't know what adjustment he's got to make. And... And, like, if, if Leon's helping with that, that will make a difference. But t- that's it. To me, he needs a plan. How, I'm a, how am I going to create scoring chances? How am I going to make a difference? And, uh, you know, you don't even need anyone to pass you the puck. You've got to get out there. You've got to, again, release time and accuracy. And, uh, you know, it didn't even take that long. For me to shoot 500 pucks a week took about, I don't know, call it three half hours. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I got really, really accurate. And I'm, I'm, I really don't believe that I was a supernatural scorer by, by nature, a supernatural shooter. I think this is more realistic for most hockey players than they realize. So growing up in minor hockey and playing a fairly high level of minor hockey, you were never then a goal scorer until you started yeah. to think about it and work through this. Yeah. You know, like it, at, uh, when I finished juvenile, I'd never had more than two goals in a game. And uh, <clears throat> then I just something clicked and I realized, like I said, watching these guys and realized you have to make the goalie move and then you've got to release it quickly and accurately. And, uh, it's just not that complicated. <laughs> and, uh, like, like you said, like I, you were talking with Jesse and the amount of difference this would make in his career. Yeah. Uh, and Kyrie Yamamoto as well. Like, you know, to me right now, I don't think you pick up the options on either Jesse or Kyler. As minimum option, Komodo is 3.3 million. Do you bring a, an injury-prone player back that doesn't score for 3.3 million? I don't no. see it. So no. to me, you've got to try to trade these guys at the deadline because uh, they're getting nothing for them at the end of the season. Well, uh, Pulley Arvey's on a one-year deal. Yamamoto has another year oh, right, yeah. his deal, so he's got a year to figure this out. Maybe he'll hear this, and um, yeah, he he. It, it, it's fascinating. I thought the same thing. Like it's interesting. Like a player like Jordan Eberle, you know, struck me as he was always kind of dusting off the puck. Like as soon as he'd get it, he'd stick. He just, and it just struck me like, I just was thinking about him as a young player. He probably had the ability to have the puck on his stick the whole game. Yeah. He could. He. he when, so when he gets it, his normal instinct is hold it, make a play, hold it, pat. You know, but it's never fired as soon as I get it. That yeah. that wasn't. So you have 15 years. Your whole time as a minor hockey player and tremendous, unbelievable success, always by dangling with the puck, stick handling the puck. And then suddenly you could, you're playing with Connor McDavid. And if you can just learn to shoot it one time into the net, you're going to score 35, 40 goals a year. Yeah. And he just never, um, he never developed that ability in Edmonton. And it, it it ultimately led to him being traded, I think. Like, if he had, obviously, if he's scoring 35 goals a year in then he's not getting traded. But he just couldn't do yeah. it, and he had the skill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
and Jesse to me is going to be the same thing that like, you know, if he went out and scored 12 or 15 goals in the last 30 games, all of a sudden, maybe the Oilers are picking up his option, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Jesse gets to the right spots. And there's a lot of other parts of the game where he's a difference maker. Like you'll see him backjacking in the neutral zone. Yeah. And uh, he breaks up plays. He steals pucks and turns it around before it ever gets to the blue line, you know? Yeah. Uh, if he can learn to score at any kind of reasonable rate. And so that way, to me, Jesse's really low-hanging fruit because uh, he just got has to learn to release quickly. Uh, another guy that really fascinates me is Dylan Holloway and that uh, if he has that kind of explosive lateral speed uh, movement yeah. and speed, and he's got a good shot and that uh, he's the kind of, I kind of think of it like a point guard in basketball, like, you know, Connor McDavid, Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, to me are all capable of getting their own shot. They're going capable of going in one-on-one or one or two, one-on-two, make an explosive move sideways, take a shot. And if it goes in, great. But if not, they've make it, then drive the net, drive the net for the rebound. Mm-hmm. Make a good enough shot with the first play that you put the goalie in an awkward spot. And that rebound's going to end up in funny spots. And you're not going to get them all. But if you can, two a game is phenomenal. Like, you know, if you two plays a game where you, you create a great A scoring chance by yourself, that's phenomenal, you know. And uh, that's the kind of thing that can really give a team a boost. Like, you know, that your bottom six scorers start to do. What do you think of Zach Hyman? Oh, I think he's amazing. Uh, but as well, I would love to get out on the ice with him. And uh, we never really got into this yet. But another thing that's fascinated me for quite a while is that uh, I was never a great high shooter as a young man. Mm-hmm. But when I got keys to the rink myself. I started working on hash marks and everything had to go under the bar, under the crossbar. And that was another one that it really fascinated me because uh, when I started being able to do that instinctively without having to think, if there yeah. was a rebound and it ended up on my stick without thinking, it was going under the bar. And nine times out of ten, when the goalie makes the first save, he goes down. And when that shot then comes up, you know, going by his ear, going into the high corner, his blocker won't get up there. Even with his glove, he has a hard time reaching it. And uh, how many of those rebounds I scored on as well were phenomenal. Because, and and you always see that with the elite goal scorers, you know, that they're putting it up under the bar. Uh, but again, it doesn't seem, I don't know why there aren't more guys working on this every day. That to me, Zach Hyman, if he worked on quick release under the bar, he might add another 15 goals to his total. He might, <laughs> push, might push 50. Because uh, he gets a lot of goals as it is. But if he was better with those rebounds, uh, and, you know, you start off, I'm out there by myself just taking shots. That's that's great. It helps. But if you get to the point where you take a bench and lay it across the bottom of the net and bang it off the bench and then fire at top corner, so you get some wobbles, you get some funny bounces, you get used to kicking it to your stick and getting rid of it quick, you know, you can continually challenge yourself to upgrade that skill bank. Uh, and so that tougher and tougher shots, you're able to put them in the net in really dangerous positions. Every now and then you're going to have some goalie, an Ottinger or something, that's going to be on his knees and still get his blocker up and stop that puck. But 
your shooting percentage is going to be, you know, 60% or something, you know, like uh, if you really refine your ability to turn those rebounds around in a hurry and put them in really tough spots. Eh? Are you still, are you still playing beer league hockey? No. Uh, I started working at Fort Mac in 07 and I basically yeah. played since. All right. I've been, uh, it's actually kind of fascinated me since we started having these conversations you know, if I had keys to the rink, I'd be in there now uh, and taking some shots. Because I'm curious how long it would take me to get. Like, I really, truly got to where I could ring more than 50% of my shots off the goalpost. And I'm 61 now. And I am curi- And I haven't skated in 15 years. Uh, I get out rollerblading, but I haven't been on the ice. And I'm curious how long it would take me to start ringing it off goalposts again. But I, my instinct is my body knows how to do this. And I think in two or three weeks, I'd be above 40% on ringing it off goalposts. It just really isn't that hard, you know? Uh, well, you've inspired me. I'm I'm uh, out on the ice often working on my skills, so I'm going to be working on that. Cool. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to add? Any other thoughts? I started in about Kyler Yamamoto, and I, I, I got a little bit more to add to that. Okay. Uh, he's a smaller guy, and he's got good lateral quickness. He doesn't, you don't think, he's not a speed guy, but he does have good lateral quickness. And I would like to see him behind the net more. I would like to see him working the goalie from behind the net. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, that's not a good spot for him. But Kyler Yamamoto should be working from behind the net. I don't really want him in the corner fighting the trees. And I know it's admirable that he does, but uh, he's going to get hurt regularly. And But from behind the net, if you have, like, say, Kyler Yamamoto takes the puck behind the net, and Leon sets up in his office. Well, Kyler can go short side to him, or he can get behind the behind the goalie and work the goalie a bit. Then when he steps out either side, he can create opportunities for his teammates. You know? And uh, to me, that's where I would want to see him working on, is uh, working on how to create behind the net. To... Leon Dreisaitl is the most... Uh, his scoring percentage on shots is the highest in the league. Yeah. Has been the highest for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And so if you can create an opportunity for that guy to shoot the puck, like, what an incredibly valuable skill. Uh, yeah. It surprised me a bit that that Gretzky doing that kind of, it ended with him almost, you know, you don't see anyone that really takes advantage of that the way he used to. And to me, Kyler Yamamoto is a guy that really could, he really could, Uses quickness, uses smaller stature, shorter stick, and do some damage from back there. Well, I have, I have found this conversation to be fascinating, and I hope uh, that others others have as well. I just really want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, we'll uh, talk again someday, maybe. We definitely will. All right. All righty. And in the meantime... And in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.